always faithful, and, uh, and that's for Wednesday now. Because <laughs> God, God put on my heart to, to preach about the love of God. The love of God. You know, it, isn't it so nice to be reminded today that, that you are loved? You know, it, it, you know sure, we, we, we think, yeah, well, that's the basics of Christianity. Well, something my coach used to tell me uh, in basketball was, well, you know, all these kids, they want to do fancy dribbles and, and they want to do fancy shots, but you need to learn the basics. You need to know the basics. And, and, and here's a basic of, of the Christian life. God loves you. God loves you. And we need to get back to the basics. Yeah, sure, we may have heard this a million times, but do you believe it today? Do you believe that God loves you? God loves you and God loves us and and you are loved by God. And, and there's, there's different kinds of love. There's, there's a divine love, agape love. So there's, there's different kinds of love. There's, there's eros, which is, which is a, a sexual love, an intimate love. There's, there's a friendship type of love, a love that you would have with your friend, like David and Jonathan in the Bible, kind of love for a friend. And then there's Starbucks love, which is a love for your taste buds. Starbucks. And then there's a divine love, agape, which is the love that, lo- that God loves you with, a divine love, a special love. You see, when the writers of the Bible were writing it, they, they, they used this word because there's no other love that can explain God's love other than agape love, which is a divine love, a divine love. That's the love that God loves you with. And so many people want to be loved. Wouldn't you agree? In fact, one of man's best desires, most wanted desires, is to belong or to have companion. That is man's number one desire, is to belong or to have companionship. And God says, I love you. God says, I love you, and fulfills that number one desire. God loves you. Man, man's number one thing that we want most in this life is to be loved. We want to be loved. Don't you want to be loved today, church? Well, I'm here to say today that you, you, you won't will be loved. You not were loved. You are loved by God. Not will be, not was. You are loved by the creator and sustainer of the entire universe today. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and... Sure, this is a familiar passage to most. John chapter 3, there's a man named Nicodemus. And he's a master, a ruler, a a Pharisee, which, by the way, the Pharisees were not given such a great name in the Bible. Jesus uh, condemns the Pharisees often. He calls them hypocrites. Why? Because they, they acted spiritual on the outside, right? But on the inside, they were full of dead man's bones. They were They were not loving on the inside. They, they, they walked around the streets and they, they professed and, and prayed out loud and, and tried to act all, all, all big and spiritual, but really when it came to the inside of their hearts, they were dead. They, they, were, they were not spiritual people on the inside, though they portrayed themselves to be on the outside. And so we can read in, in the beginning of John chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but thou cannot tell where, whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you so glad for that verse in your Bible? I, I, I dare you to mark that down in your Bible and to, to underline that verse. What a precious verse that, that we get quoted so often. It's posted on billboards, and yet so many people don't understand the meaning of it. That you are loved by God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So here we see Nicodemus and he's talking to Jesus. And, and he's confused. Nicodemus is saying, What's, I don't understand Jesus. What it, you can't do these things unless you be part of God. And, and which, by the way, Jesus is God. Jesus is the God man. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus Christ is grace manifest. And so here he's standing before God, Jesus Christ, who is God, and, he, and he's asking him these questions. Well, I, I, I don't understand, Jesus. I, I don't understand this born again. How can, a, how can a man be born again? And he's telling him, well, it's the spirit that you must be born of. You have to be born of the spirit. It's not a physical birth. It's a spiritual birth. And so Jesus continues to explain. And and you know what? God, God loves us so much. And, and so I want you to notice that, first of all, there is a love that gives. And there is a love that gave. There is a love that gives. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. We often express our love through giving. On Christmas morning, people all over the world in your homes and, and, and all over the country will be opening presents and, and try to express their love by giving them gifts. I, I can remember many mornings. That anybody go out on Christmas Eve night and you try to sneak underneath a tree, shake the boxes, or was it just me? And so you go out before the night and, and you, you shake the boxes and you wake up on Christmas morning and you, and you open up those presents and you're like, wow, I feel so loved. I feel so loved because someone gave to me. Someone gave to me. We often express uh, that we love um, through giving. And isn't it so good to be, to be loved? You see, I loved my girlfriend, so I gave her a ring. And then I loved my fiancé, so I gave her another ring. 
And then I love my wife, so I gave her Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so we love, right, and we, and we show love through giving. We show love through giving oftentimes. And sometimes we can receive love through that way. And so many people try to uh, show and express their love, whether through it's giving their time or giving their money or giving their presence or, or, or giving people uh, services, right? We, we give. We give when we love. We give. It's, and by the way, love is not just a feeling. No, love is much more than that. Love is an action. Love is, is a motive. It, it's, it's what brings us to action. Compassion is love in action. Compassion is love in action. And love is not just a, a, a goofy feeling that we feel inside when we, when we see a, a, a pretty person. No, it, it's not, that's not love. It, it, it's, it's an action. Love is an action. And there's a love that gave. There's a love that gave. And, and you know, you may doubt in your life sometimes the love of God for you. Well, well God hasn't given me much. And, and, and you may doubt God's love in your life. And I've been there. I know what it's like to doubt God's love. I've been there. And I, I think it's fair to say that maybe we've all been. Where there's a certain point in our life where we start to doubt the love of God. In fact, I can remember a time in college when, when I was sitting there and, and I was in services. And, and I was a Bible college student and, and sitting there every week listening to the word of God preached every single day. By the way, every single day. I was listening to the word of God preached and, and I started to doubt the love of God in my life. I started to feel down about myself, and I said, I don't know if God honestly really loves me right now. And day after day, I would start to feel this, this, this pressure in my life, and you may have been there. You might be there right now. You might be there right now. I says, and you say, God, I don't know if God really loves me. I don't know if God really loves me. How can God love me? You might be in that moment, right, right in this moment. And I've been there. And, and I, I, I sat in college, and I, day after day, I would... I would I started to cry as I started to think, I'm like, God, I don't know if you really love me, but if you truly do, could, could you just show me something? And I began to pray moment after moment and day after day, and, and I said, God, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's going on, but I'm starting to doubt your love. I've been there. And in college, I, I sat there, and, and it, was a, it was a Thursday night, and, and they would have their midweek service on a Thursday night, and the preacher preached, and honestly, I couldn't even tell you what the preacher preached. I really couldn't because, because the doubt of God's love in my life was so strong that it was blocking my ears to preaching. It was, it was, I, was, I was just hardened. My, my ears were hardened. I could not even hear the preaching because I doubted so much of God's love. And I sat there and I prayed at the end of that service. And I got on my knees before God. And I said, God, I know you, you say you love me in your word. And, and I'm just being honest today, church. Is that Okay. I got on my knees and I said, God, I, I know you say in your word that you love me, but right now I don't feel very loved. And you know what happened is, is I, I kid you not, I, I got up from, from my knees and in that moment, I felt my phone ring. And it was my sister. My sister is, is 12 years old now, and at the time she was a little bit younger than nine. And I, now my sister doesn't just call me. And if she does, it's either she wants something or, or you know, something... Something's gone wrong. And so my, my only two thoughts were, oh, great, what does she want? And then the other thought was, what happened? So I pick up the phone. This is the first time my, my sister has called me in a long time. And I answer, and I say, hey, Rye. Her name's Riley. I call her Rye. I say, hey, Rye, what's going on? 
And she goes, hey, Preston, I just wanted to call and tell you that I love you. I never received a phone call from my sister like that, ever. And it was no coincidence that, that as soon as I get up from my knees and I'm asking God to show me, God, I, I think you love me. I know you love me. I know you say you do. I just, could you tell me it again? And the second I get up from my knees, I have my sister call me. and She says, Preston, I just want to tell you that I love you. That's the only reason I called. And listen, today, I, I'm here to remind you that Man, you don't even need to, to get to that point where I was. You can just take what I'm telling you right now, that God loves you. You are loved. And God comes down to you today and he says, I love you. I sat there on the phone and I couldn't even respond to her. I sat there for two minutes quiet because I knew the second I would speak, I would cry. And I didn't want my sister to know why I was crying not realizing that, that she, she was God's send in my life in that moment. And, and, and she told me, I love you, Preston. And I, I've never felt so God so real in that moment that, that God just spoke through my sister like that. Preston, I just want to tell you that I love you. And some would say that's a coincidence, but no, that's, that's a God. That's a God who loves us and cares for us. And you say, well, I haven't seen God moved in a while. Call upon his name. Call upon his name today. If you don't feel loved by God, talk to him. Talk to him. Pray. Say, God, show me from your word that you love me. He will. He will, and he already has. You see, because God so loved the world that he gave. For God so world that he loved the world that he, he gave. And what did he give? He gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is how he's saying, I love you. I love you. I'm going to show you how I love you. And so I started crying on that phone, and I, I, I actually ran around the halls that night, and I, I, I went to my friend right away. I said, Joe, you're never going to believe what God just did for me. You're never going to believe what God, just, what God just told me. God loves me. God loves me. And, and I began to weep, and so many people try to express love today through their giving, but there's a God who gave his life. You see, we try to express love so often through, through giving money and giving, and giving food, and, and, and those are all good things, but there's a God and there's a Lord Jesus Christ who says, I'm going to give my life. And he gives your li his life for yours. Jesus Christ willfully lays down his entire life and dies on a cross of Calvary all those years, a day, years ago, and, and, and he says, I love you. He says, I love you by laying down his life and spreading his arms wide open, being nailed to a cross of Calvary to pay your sin debt. To pay your sin debt. You see, there's a love that gave. There is a love that gave, and you are loved. God loves you so much that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. Not only that, but could you imagine on a Christmas morning giving someone a gift and, and, and you're so passionate and, and, and you're ready to give them that gift. You're like, wow, this is, this is going to be a good one. Ever, anyone ever been there before? You're just excited. You're just excited to give them that, that gift that you put a time into, you put thought into, and then they open it and they're like, well, ooh, <laughs> this is not what I expected. 
this, this is not really what I wanted. And yet there's a God in heaven who gives his son Jesus Christ and broad is the way of destruction. And there's so many people who are lost today and they don't know about this gift of the Lord Jesus Christ giving his life. And God gives this gift and, and, and to a world that, that rejects it so often. So often. By the way, it doesn't make you anything if you accept it. It just makes you a sinner saved by grace. It, it's a gift to you. God says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God gives this gift to you. And so sadly, so many people reject it. And so sad that so many people reject it. Some people may not even have heard of the gift. And they, they need that gift just as much as you do. And it's so sad to know that God expresses his love and he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And there's a world that would rather take what the devil gives than what the Lord Jesus Christ gave. And, and people day after day and year after year have fallen for what the devil gives rather than what God gives. And the only thing the devil gives, realize this, the only thing that the devil gives is a lie. The only thing that the devil will give you is a lie. The only thing. The Bible also says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He gives you a gift. That gift is salvation. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the devil gives you lies. And by the way, the devil, the devil does more taking than he does giving. In fact, he takes your joy, he takes your peace, he takes your happiness, he takes your peace of mind, and he takes over your life with sin. And so many people have fallen victim to the devil's lies. You see, God gives, it, God gives and the devil gives, and so many people, the, the world has, has, has accepted the lie of the devil. Those lies may include Many people turn to drugs, sex, and alcohol. Things that which the devil will try to poke your heart about and say, well, just, just try a little bit, it will be fine. Just, 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 do this, just have one drink and, 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 and you'll be okay. And then, and then one drink leads to another, and you mess up your life. And so many people have, have given into the lie that the devil gave. It will be okay if you just, if you just indulge in it just a little bit. Drugs, I've known one is, is too many. I had a friend of mine who passed away, overdosed on heroin. And it all started somewhere when he gave in to the devil's lie. He, he gave in, he just gave in a little bit. And, and he was a saved man, and, 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 and I knew him. And one is too many. And I've known too many, and I've heard too many stories of what drugs and the alcohol, and what it does to, to Christians and to people. And so many people, it's so sad to know that, that so many people have given in to the lie of the devil. The devil says, just try a little bit, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just try a little bit. 
Just have a little bit. Just have a little bit. And then, and then that little bit becomes a little bit more. And a little bit more. And a little bit more. And then I'm showing up to my friend's funeral. All because of the lie of a devil. I hate the devil. But there's a God who gives love, and there's a devil that gives lies. You see, the devil gives lies, but there's a God who gives love. There's a devil who gives hate, but there's a God who gives heaven. There's a devil who rejoices in sin, and there's a God who says, repent from your sin. You see, there's a devil that gives temporary pleasure. Yes, sin may be pleasurable for a season, but it's only a season. And once that season's over, you're not going to enjoy it anymore. You're not. Sin, it, it, the Bible says that sin can be pleasurable for a season. And then that season's over. What are you left with? Nothing. Because the devil doesn't love you. Amen. The devil doesn't love you. That's a lie. It's a lie that the devil loves you. Sin doesn't love you. God loves you. Sin won't give to you. Sin won't, no, sin only takes away. Sin will take away from your life, but there's a God who gave. There's a God who gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that we no longer had to be part of that sin and part of the devil's lies. There's a God who gave. There is a God who gave. There's a love that gives, and his name is God. There's a love that gives. Look at John 3.16 again. Secondly, there's a love that forgives. A love that forgives. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, because he hath... I'm sorry, verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You see, the Bible here is saying that you are not condemned if you believe in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? Man, aren't you thankful that if you put your faith and your trust and there was a day and a moment in your life where you called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've done that in your life, you called upon the name of the Lord and you got saved, then there is no longer no condemnation to those. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. You know what that means? No shame. There is no shame to those who are now the Son of God, who are now saved in Christ, a new creature in Christ. There's no condemnation. That means you are forgiven. You owed a debt. We are, we are sinners saved by grace. We owed something. We, we were the sinners. We were guilty. But God says, now there is no, therefore no condemnation. No condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Man, there's a love that forgave. There's a love that forgives. But what else do we notice here? That the Bible says, if you believe not, you're condemned already. You see, 
why did Jesus come to the earth? Well, he didn't come to the earth to condemn the world, but to, that it might be saved through him, but he didn't have to condemn the world. It was already condemned. It was already condemned. Jesus didn't have to come to condemn you because you're already condemned if you don't believe on the name of the Son of God. And so there's condemnation to those who aren't saved. And there's no condemnation to those who are saved. There's forgiveness. You see, we, we were guilty. We were guilty. And we were condemned at one point. You see, Jesus comes and the Bible says in Matthew 121, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so he did not come to condemn. The Bible also says in Luke 19.10, the Bible says, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. There was a time in your life, in my life, that you were lost. And there may be someone in your heart today, you, you know you're lost. You need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ today and receive him as your Lord and Savior. So what's the condemnation? What is it? John chapter 3 and verse 19. What's the condemnation? Why, why is the world condemned? And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You see, one day there will be many standing before the great white throne of judgment in Revelation chapter 20. And when those books are open and he judges according to those books, you see, what's going to be listed there is whether or not you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You see, because a light came to the world, and if you don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ, then you don't go to heaven. He judges you out of those books, and, and he casts hell into the lake of fire. And when he opens that book, and, and he's going to say, well, it's not going to be this long list of sins and, and other things. No, it's going to be the very fact that you rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the unforgivable sin. The fact that you rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. You're given opportunity after opportunity, and you've been to, to, to many times in your life where, where God was trying to speak to you, and you rejected and rejected and rejected. God's grace and his love for you. And he says, that's the reason why you're going to be judged and, and condemned. Because the light came into the world, and the world received it not. Because men love darkness, darkness rather than light. But you see, church, there's a love that forgives. And Jesus Christ says, I know, I know who you are. I know you love darkness. But I've come and I, I've given my light. And to all those, and it says, whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's open to anybody. It is open to anyone, no matter what you've done, I don't care who you are. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how far you've gotten into sin. I don't, it doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how far you are. Jesus says, whosoever. All means all. All means all. For whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible, uh, the word of God, explains to us this forgiveness that Jesus offers. Ephesians chapter 1, and, uh, verse 6 through 7 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, 
wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 through 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he hath reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Because of the payment of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is able to look at you, God is able to look at you, and see you as blameless as his son Jesus Christ, as perfect as his, his son Jesus Christ. It's all because of the blood that was shed on Calvary. There is a love that forgives. There is a love that forgives. And so God has a love that is able to forgive and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in, uh, 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. Well, why don't we turn there? 1 John, right before Revelation. And 3, 2 John. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, I love the scripture, and I, I said it this morning. But, but God is faithful to forgive us our sins. The Marines thing is Semper Fi, always faithful. The Marines also say, be where you're supposed to be and on time. Be where you're supposed to be and on time. And let me tell you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, if you go to God and confess your sins, he is faithful and he will always show up and he will always forgive. He will always show up in your life and he will always forgive you. No matter what you think you've done, no matter how far you think you've gone, he will always show up. He is faithful. And not only that, but he is just. And what that means is if I was in a courtroom and the judge says, you are guilty, you committed the crime, you're guilty. But then I say, well, judge, I'm sorry. And then they say, well, okay, not guilty. You would say, that's, that's not justice, is it? If, 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 the, if the murderer was standing there guilty and accused and, 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 and it was so evident that, that he was guilty and, and worthy of, of whatever punishment was upon him. And, and then he turned around and he says, judge, I, before I go, I just want to say, I'm sorry. And the judge says, oh, why didn't you say it in the first place? Done. That's not justice. No, not even close. There has to be a payment that's met. There has to be a payment that met. You see, you, you owed a payment. You are that person. Guilty, accused, and worthy of punishment. Anything above hell is grace. And we deserve hell. We deserve a terrible place. I don't care how good you think you are. We deserve hell. We deserve hell. But then Jesus Christ enters the room. 
And he says, I want to pay for his punishment. I'll take it. I'm going to take it. You see, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He is justified in forgiving us because he took the punishment upon himself. The sin debt that you owe, the, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. You deserve death. I deserve death. The wages of sin, it's a payment that must be met. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the Bible says that we can be forgiven of our debt. And it's not just swept under the rug. No, it's, it's far from that. It's paid for. Done on the cross of Calvary through his blood. You see, because of this love, because of this love, and I'm almost done, the love that gave and the love that forgives, there's a love that changes. You see, there's a love that changes, and I'm not talking about God who changes. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, God will always love you because he's the same. He stays the same. He will always love you. He loves you eternally. He loves you divinely. You see, the change is not from God. No, it's, it's you. You see, and the Lord forgives. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Book of Romans chapter 6. I have to finish on time because Ava is doing a school project where she carries around a baby. And uh, she was telling me about it, and uh, she, she said, Preston, if you go over, I'm going to murder you. So, uh, Romans chapter 6. You see that there's a love that forgives, and there's a love that gave, and there's a love that changes, and that love that changes, you see, God never changes, and God is love. God is love. God is love, and, and he never changes, and he's always going to love you. But because of the love of God in my life, there's no way that I could stay the same from when he found me. You see, the day I got saved was the day that Jesus changed my eternal destination. The, the moment I got saved, I was on my way to hell and death, and my, li my life got turned around to light and to life and to, and to heaven. The moment I got saved, he changed my eternal direction. He changed my eternal destination. It was hell, and now it's heaven. It was darkness, and now it's light. It was with Satan, and now it's with the Lord Jesus Christ. I get to see him one day. I get to see the Lord Jesus Christ one day, and so do you. If you believe in the name of the Son of God. If you believe in the name of the Son of God. And so, there's a love that changes in Romans chapter 6. By the way, and I'm going to read this verse first. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, when you got saved, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, you received him as your Savior, everything changed. Behold, all things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. There ought to be something different about your life. There ought to be something different about you. There ought to be something different in your life that, that no longer says, I don't want any part of the sin. I don't want any part of the world. No, I'm changing my eternal direction, and I've changed my life around to focus on the love of God. Behold, all things are, old things are passed away, and behold, all things 
are become new. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, we're going to read the whole chapter in, in Romans here. It says this, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's that next word in that verse? God forbid. You see, God did not give you grace as a license to sin. No, God gave you grace as a license to serve. Because you are saved and because you've been redeemed and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are not your own and your life belongs to the Lord. And grace is not a license to sin. No, grace is a license to serve the King of love. The King of love. There's no greater one to serve than the God of glory, the God of love, who is love. And so many people want to be loved in their life. And you are loved. And because you are loved, you serve God. You don't serve God to be loved. No, you are loved, and so you serve God. And so there's a love that changes. The Bible says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Aren't you so glad if you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ that you are dead to sin? It's no longer has a chain on you. It no hold, longer holds you bound. You're not bound by sin. No, you're far from it. You're, you are free. But you're not free to sin. You're free to serve. Now, you could, you could waste your life in sin. But what a waste that would be. No, you're free to serve. There's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible continues, and now if we be dead with Christ, in verse 8, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that it should obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as to those are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under law, but under grace. Grace is not a license to sin. You see, because of this love that, that gave the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of this love that, that forgave us of the sin, the sin penalty that we owe, there, there's also a love that so often people ignore. A, a love that changes. A love that changes. And because, because of what Jesus Christ did for you, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, holy, acceptable, and perfect, which, uh, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable to give your whole life to God. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. And so often, we, 
we as Christians and, 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 and the world have given into the lies of the devil, the, the lies of, of Satan himself. Satan says, oh, I'll love you. I'll give you what you want. And sin is temporary. It is pleasurable for a season. It's temporary, though. And there's a God that gives eternal satisfaction. And he wants you to live the best life. You see, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. No, he came to save it. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. And you see, there's a love so strong, so strong, and, and, and so often we, we just get fire insurance. We, we, we say, okay, thanks God for saving me from hell. Now that's enough. But there's a love that changes. There's a love that, that says, shall we sin that grace may bound? God forbid. How, how could you serve the thing that you're dead to? How, how are you going to spend your life living for, for something that, that does not belong to you? No, we ought to serve God with our whole life. Have you given Jesus everything? Have you given God everything today? Have you given, given him everything? I mean everything. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Are you a living sacrifice? And have we, is there something different about us? Do people see something different in you? Do people see something different in us? Well, you're at work and they say, well, Preston, you act different than, than the world does. Something, I got a compliment a lot at work, and, and it was this. Preston, you don't curse. And there's something different about you. And many times my, my, my coworkers would tell me, Preston, I, I've worked with a lot of young people. I've worked with a lot of young people, and, and they're all awful. But, but you seem to be different. I don't understand what, what's got you acting different. And I don't say that in, in a boastful or prideful way. No, I'm just sinner saved by grace. I, I promise you, I, I don't mean to be that. I, I don't mean to say that as a, as a boastful or prideful way. I, I, I hate pride. I hate it. What I'm saying is there ought to be a difference in you. Are you different? See, there's a love that forgave, there's a love that, that gave, and, and, and then there's a love that changes. And we ought to allow the love of God in our life, the grace of God in our life, to mold us and shape us into what God wants us to be. We need to allow that love to shape us and mold us into what God would have us to be. But you have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ first. You have to accept that. And if you're here today, and if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there, there's, a, there's never a time in your life where, where you said, God, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm, I'm guilty. And, and I know what your son Jesus Christ did for me on the cross and how, we, how he died and was buried for three days and three nights. And on the third day, he rose again and lives today forevermore on the right hand of the throne of God. God, I believe that. And I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ to take me to heaven when I die. If you've never done that, if you've never done that, don't leave here today without knowing for sure. The Bible says these things I write unto you that you may know you have eternal life. You can know. You can know for sure if you're going to heaven, whether, whether or not you're going to heaven. Don't leave here today without knowing for sure. And if you already know that, has the love of God in your life changed you? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Are you allowing the love of God in your life to change you and mold you and make you and break you? We need to do that today. 
make a decision today. I, I will be different. I will be, I want to be a vessel for God. I want to be a living sacrifice. Are we different? Are, are we allowing God to change us? Let's pray. Lord, I, I love you, God, and I, I pray that you would help us now in, 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 in this time of invitation, God. And Lord, I pray that we'd make a decision, God. Lord, if there's something in our life, a sin that we're holding on to, God, a, a, a person, a, a place, God, that, that you want us to get rid of, God, I pray we'd have the strength and, and the courage you give us, the courage to do it, to get rid of it and come, be, come to you. God, I pray if there's someone here who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, I pray they'd accept you and, and believe on your name today. God, I pray this all in your precious, beautiful, wonderful name, Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet as with heads bowed and, and eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. If, if the altar's open, if God worked in your heart today, the altar's open. Has there been a change in your life? Is there something different about you? Maybe you're here today and you, just, you don't know if you're saved. Maybe you're here today and you, you feel lost. You don't know whether or not you have the Holy Spirit on the inside. See, the Bible says that the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit will tell you. The Holy Spirit's prompting you and speaking to you right now. Will you respond? Give Jesus your all today. Will you recommit your life to God? See, people fail, but there's a God who never fails. People fail to forgive. People fail to love. many people put their they try to get their love from people they want to feel loved by somebody and, and, and people will fail you and fail you and fail you and they're unfaithful and they mess up but there's a God who loves you unconditionally with a divine love and he will never fail you Get the love that you need from God today.